Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome everyone to Hallway Conversations. Happy New Year. It is 2016 and I'm excited because this is uh, the first of our Hallway Conversations for this year. I hope that you had a wonderful holiday, but as we get into business, there's a lot going on in the field of epilepsy and today is no different. As mentioned, today is January 12, 2016, and we kick off this year's Hallway Conversation with a topic that often gets a lot of questions, and that is the issue of generic anti-epileptic drugs. Is the drug that you get as a generic the same as the brand drug? Big question, always uh, a concern, but we think we have some answers at least to address that. To help me uh, explore this issue, uh, we have Dr. Tricia Ting, who is an Associate Professor of Neurology at the University of Maryland Medical Center. She is also very much involved in clinical investigational drug trials in epilepsy and recently conducted work on this. So, Dr. Ting, Tricia, welcome to Hallway Conversations this morning. Thank you so much, Joe. It's a real pleasure to talk to you all. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. And and let's start off uh, so that our uh, listeners uh, get a sense of the context from which you'll be speaking of. So tell us about your current work in epilepsy and your role in the field. Sure. Um, I'm really involved in clinical research as a neurologist with a specialty in epilepsy. I manage both many patients with epilepsy and also do clinical trials to test how new treatments um, may help epilepsy patients, whether they're drugs or otherwise, and better understand epilepsy and how patients handle their medicines. Most recently, um, as you know, I have a real interest in the question of generic drugs. This has been something that's not just uh, focused for the neurology drugs uh, widely, for even transplant medications, and lots of questions from patients and their doctors, whether generic drugs are really as good, are they the same as brand medications? Um, and specifically, it, it begs us to question, does the generic um, safety and uh, effectiveness have anything to do with us allowing generics to differ too much from the brand? Which is, which is, I guess, like the central point. I think almost every patient when I prescribe a generic almost says the same thing. Can, can you give us a sense of how the FDA, so they're the ones who kind of allow whether a generic goes onto market. How do they uh, assess whether a generic drug is equivalent, if you will, to the brand name seizure medication? Yes, this is a great question because uh, that's the thrust of a lot of the research we've been doing recently. So um, as you may know, brand medication needs to pass really rigorous trials of safety and efficacy. First, they do it in animals, in the lab, and then in healthy volunteers. Uh, and finally, it gets to patients where they look at whether it's not only safe but also works for the, the condition it, it's supposed to uh, work for. And the FDA approval process for new drugs uh, to reach that level of approval really is a cost, heavy cost of time, which may be years and even millions and millions of dollars to bring that uh, forward. Since the 1980s, you know, they've had issue with generics needing to pass those same uh, measures because it does cost so much and they don't want to delay the availability to the public. So there was a process developed called the abbreviated new drug approval process that allowed generic medications 
to bypass the extensive clinical trials. Um, so they can be approved by showing bioequivalence. And what does that mean? So in bioequivalence is shown that um, in patients uh, that the generic has the same average rate and extent of absorption as the brand, and they measure the pharmaceutical levels um, in the blood after a healthy volunteer just takes one dose of the generic medication, and they compare it to when that healthy volunteer takes a dose, say, of the brand, and whether those measures of rate and extent of absorption are really the same um, for that individual. And if they do this uh, in multiple trials, it assures the FDA uh, that they can approve that generic, and it didn't have to go through all the rigorous long years of trials in patients again. Is Now, with that approach, are there concerns about that that's the way that it's judged? Absolutely, because you can imagine people would think, well, yeah, you let medication uh, be approved and go on to market after only an exposure in healthy volunteers who took a single dose of it. So as a patient, you might think, maybe that's not really challenging it the way that it would need to be challenged to show safety and efficacy in someone who is taking it with other medicines who may be not healthy. You know, patients often have many medical conditions. And um, they're concerned that for them, they're not like the healthy 20-year-old volunteer or 25-year-old healthy volunteer who um, is able to uh, take medicines and have no problems with it. For them, patients are concerned that they would be different. And so are are we allowing these uh, medicines to come to market and not challenge them enough uh, in the right individuals? Got it. Can can you tell now you did recent work on this uh on this topic. Can you tell us about that research study that uh looked at uh, at least this larger question? Oh yeah. So the the FDA um had so much interest in this issue of are their standards sound? Are they allowing uh, the right uh, uh, fitness in the generics to get into the market uh, because they were receiving reports from both patients and doctors worried, specifically in epilepsy, for instance, that uh, when the patients were switched from brand to generic, that um, maybe they had more seizures. It didn't control them as well or they had more side effects. So this obviously is a huge uh, safety concern for the FDA. And um, so they asked uh, centers to develop means to test their um, their current limits that uh, allowing generics into the market. And um, at the University of Maryland, uh, we had uh, the opportunity to work with the FDA to test this uh, current standard for generics. Um, we uh, brought in 35 patients who had epilepsy, um, and these people uh, were frequently ones who had had problems uh, with switching from brand to generic um, in their regular lives. Maybe some of them had more seizures or not. And um, we challenged them in a prospective fashion where uh, knowing that they were for a few weeks going to be taking brand and then a few weeks going to be taking generic, um, but they were blinded to whether they were on one type or the other, brand or generic. They, we covered the capsule so they would not know. And um, we had these patients uh, take it at home for two weeks and then come in to have their blood drawn and get the same measures that they would use normally for bioequivalence testing um, in healthy volunteers. 
And the, the challenge was to see whether when we gave these patients the brand or the generic medicines, whether the generics still would pass the same limits that were allowed by the FDA as the healthy volunteers who had originally allowed these generics to be, go to market. Got it. So what, what did, uh, ultimately, what did you all find? So it was a, a really interesting trial because this sort of thing has never really been done in epilepsy patients, uh, especially following them forward. Um, and what we found was very reassuring. Um, if we looked at, basically we're looking at measures of rate and extent of absorption, what we call CMAX and area under the curve or AUC. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. average uh, uh, confidence intervals for both those measures that the FDA uses typically in their standards um, when we patients and switch them between brand and generic, they were very close to identical, which means that even when these patients were taking their home medicines, other seizure drugs, when they were faced with other uh, medical conditions like diabetes or hypertension, that these patients being switched between brand or generic of one medication, test medication, which was Lamotrigine, that right. they did quite well. Their, um, their measures... Um, uh, of levels between the two products were very essentially the same. Um, and on top of it, we also watched them for safety because these are patients that some of them had problems with switching in the past and yet uh, were willing to go through this trial. And the vast majority of them had no clinical problems when they were switching between the two. Um, we didn't see um, problems with worsened seizures or a terrible uh, number of side effects when they switched between the two so that they would be exited out. Really, most of them completed. We had a few individuals. We had one in particular that was um, called attention uh, to us because he, when he switched between the brand of generic, he did seem to have a lot more seizures. These were just brief, very brief focal seizures um, where he would uh, jerk his arm or have a little alteration in his, in his awareness. And they happened to happen much more when he was on generic medications than on brand. So he um, gave us pause and made us think that maybe uh, some individuals may still have some issue that we don't fully understand with uh, small differences in their medicines, whether it's um, from uh, between generic and brand or between different generic switches. We would call these people maybe generic brittle. But um, so... We're still trying to understand that better. I see. What, how, what, do, what do you think this takes us in terms of, uh, you know, your, our understanding of how we should view generic seizure drugs, especially for the ones that, that you've studied? Yeah, um, I think it really uh, is reassuring. It tells us that what's going on with uh, generics making it into the marketplace uh, and allowing uh, patients to be on generics for the most part, that they do uh, pass a standard that is relevant to patients, that even though um, what's allowed is testing these generics and approving them based on healthy volunteer single-dose pharmacokinetic trials, that it passes muster when we actual patients. So we can continue to approach the generic approval process um, with uh, this sort of fast-track um, method to uh, study generics and their, um, and their uh, uh, approvability, really. Um, but we also have to be, um, still be careful with patients who 
um, may be at higher risk for small differences and have that be something that they, um, you know, need to be careful about. And what what that means for how we can identify those patients, I think, may be the next step. I see. What 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 is that next step? What future research is planned? Well, we'd like to, um, and again, this is um, thankfully with much backing by the FDA, who is also intimately very uh, uh, concerned and interested still in this issue, is to um, find out what are particular patient characteristics that might make a few of them, like the subject I was telling you about, the the one out of the 35 or so, to actually have an issue with a switch. Is it something that's related to um, a patient's perception, their expectation? Is it something that's... uh, for instance, a nocebo effect, is it something to do with the patient's uh, particular uh, physiologic um, state? Is it how their liver particularly handles the medicine or their um, their genes? So we are currently trying to understand that better with these generic brittle epilepsy patients at our center um, to measure all these uh, potential characteristics that might impact drug handling and um, move forward with that because if we can identify what may be risky uh, characteristics for certain patients, we may be able to prevent them from having a trouble uh, with their uh, switching between generics or from brand. Um, but for the most part, uh, we know and we can be assured that the current standards for generic are allowing very um, high-quality uh, medications to uh, be approved and in a way that's fast and allows for it to be available um, for so many patients uh, that don't have a trouble with generic medications. Which is uh, which is so reassuring. Tricia, we're in our last uh, minute or so. Uh, what take-home message do you want to make sure that our listeners uh, come away from listening to our conversation uh, what would you like to share uh, with the audience or, or main takeaway point at this point? Well, I'd like to um, make sure that everyone uh, who's listening, that they uh, do pay attention that uh, to the medicines they take. Um, they may change in appearance. Uh, they may look different when they get refilled. Um, they may be challenged with the idea, do I pay the extra money for the brand or can I trust this generic? Really, for the vast majority of patients, Um, the generic medications are effective and they are safe and they work very well and they allow us to save a lot of resources. So they can be assured, but they need to uh, remain aware and uh, to be in uh, talk with their doctors about the options for treatment um, and that um, we will continue uh, as a a medical Forced to work with the FDA and assure that safety, even for the few individuals where that might um, be an issue. Well, Tricia, I I think this uh, this research is is exceptional. I really appreciate you sitting down and chatting with us and kind of uh, going through it. I, I hope as things arise in this area that we can count on you to come back and talk to us uh, as uh, as we need refreshers or updates on what's happening in this field. Thank you so much, Joe. I'd be happy to talk again. 
Oh, it's wonderful. Thanks so much, Tricia. We've been talking to Dr. Tricia Ting. She is an associate professor of neurology at the University of Maryland Medical Center. She is very much involved in the clinical investigational drug trials in epilepsy and recently uh, completed work on a study on generics and uh, in anti-epileptic drugs. She recently presented this at an FDA town hall at the American Epilepsy Society meeting in Philadelphia. This Hallway Conversations is in fact uh, sponsored through a partnership between the Epilepsy Foundation and the American Epilepsy Society and we hope everyone has gotten a lot of great information like I feel like I have this morning. As always, I hope that you join us again for a future Hallway Conversations. We'll have many more. I hope you have a rest uh, that I, I hope that you have a, re- a great rest of the month until we uh, meet again and uh, for the rest of the day, I hope it's a wonderful one. Thanks again. Thanks for joining us. This has been Hallway Conversations on Epilepsy.com.